We're learning more today about the security failures that led to the deadly D.C. riots at the Capitol earlier this month. Hear why Congress is now launching a full investigation as to why the Capitol Dome's giant atomic vaporizing ray wasn't deployed to eviscerate the rioters. From The Onion and Onion Public Radio, this is The Topical. I'm Leslie Price, and I'm calling for unity between your ears and the news, so let's try to find some common ground right after this. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Could it have all been avoided? That's the question being asked after the deadly riot in Washington, D.C. earlier this month, in which hundreds of Trump supporters stormed the United States Capitol building, and now Congress has announced it will be launching a full investigation into the security failures that allowed the mob into the complex, specifically to answer why the Capitol Dome's atomic vaporizing ray wasn't deployed to quell the rioters. I'm joined by OPR Washington correspondent Rebecca Neal, who has more information on this story. Rebecca, welcome. Thanks, Leslie. Now, Rebecca, we we're aware of some security breakdowns that allowed the crowd to get past several barriers, but this one stands out as most egregious. That's right. The Capitol Dome is equipped with a 30-foot-long, two-ton atomic vaporizing ray capable of incinerating multiple moving targets of biological mass instantly. Sure. Disintegrating large groups of threatening protesters into small piles of ash is exactly what the ray was built to do, and members of Congress want to know why it wasn't utilized to handle the insurrection. I spoke with Wisconsin Representative Ron Kind, who was part of the nonpartisan congressional panel to review what exactly went wrong. Here he is. We're conducting a full inquiry into why the protesters infiltrating the Capitol complex weren't stopped by supercharged electro-radioactive lasers instantaneously combusting every single cell in their bodies. This country spends billions of dollars on defense, and yet we can't even manage to organize a simple evisceration of a few hundred citizens with our state-of-the-art military death ray. It's shocking. Congressman Kind and his colleagues also want to know why the government wasn't better prepared when the FBI reported some Trump supporters using social media to publicly plan this insurgency in the weeks after the November election. Mm. Kind says this would have given authorities more than enough time to charge the energy cells of the Capitol's high-powered death machine. Certainly. Do officials have any idea as to where things broke down there? Some. We've now received reports in the days since the riots that multiple Capitol officials struggled to get the required approval needed to push the big red button that activates the ray. Why is that? Some think that these hurdles were due to a concern over the optics of dozens of American citizens screaming in horror as their eyes melted out of their sockets and their bodies completely dematerialized. But legislators like Kind say authorities use a double standard compared to the level of force they would have shown against protesters if they hadn't been white. Yeah. Here's Congressman Kind again. Do Capitol Police really expect us to believe they would have just opened the gates for armed rioters if they had been giant green or blue extraterrestrials trying to invade the Capitol and harvest our organs? I don't think so. 
white privilege definitely played a role here. No doubt. Now, Rebecca, I understand that the investigation has already prompted several big security changes that were put into place in time for the presidential inauguration. Were these a success? Absolutely. At President Biden's inauguration, we saw a much larger security cyborg presence, as well as authorized police use of brain-rupturing sonic shock cannons and a 10-foot widening of the lava moat that circles the perimeter of the National Mall. I'm sure that was a welcome relief for legislators and guests. Yes, and the extra-vigilant precautions may have prevented another insurrection after the atomic vaporizing ray was deployed on an increasingly rowdy mob of people at the Capitol. We have a clip of the incident. Authorities are still sifting through the remains to figure out if these were rioters or just excited inauguration attendees. Sounds like they were up to no good either way. Thanks, Rebecca. That's OPR's Rebecca Neal. We'll be back in a moment. A quick announcement before we continue with today's news. As a result of the attack on the U.S. Capitol, we here at The Onion and OPR would like to take a moment to make it explicitly clear that we will be cutting ties and no longer doing business with any white supremacists from this point forward. It was a tough but necessary decision to help ensure we don't look bad. Sorry, boys, but you really left us with no choice there. And now that that's out of the way, here's what else you need to know today. Today begins Donald Trump's first full week out of office, and reality seems to be setting in for the former commander-in-chief, as well as fear, as sources are reporting that Trump today began panicking after realizing that his fingerprints are all over the White House. Those close to Trump say he has already inquired and is hoping to find a way to burn down the White House before authorities are able to place him at the scene at any point over the past four years. And while it may be the end for Donald Trump, it is an historic first for Vice President Kamala Harris, although people across the nation could have sworn there was already a first female vice president. I, for one, think it's shameful that the pundits are totally forgetting about Hillary Clinton. And finally, the New York Times is apologizing today and retracting the entire catalog of their own daily news podcast, The Daily, amid revelations that the publication completely fabricated Michael Barbaro. Well, 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 another one bites the dust, I see. Always sad to see the competition stoop to such low levels, but I suppose I understand. It could be hard trying to keep pace with a daily news podcast whose host has been fact-checked up and down and is 100% certified all-man. And that's the topical for today. I'm Leslie Price. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can like and subscribe to The Topical wherever you interact your podcast. And be sure to tune in to tomorrow's episode of The Topical, where we'll profile one local doctor working on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic who also happens to have a hidden talent of flawlessly harmonizing with a flatlining EKG machine. Take a listen. La, la. Hearing that kind of resonant beauty is exactly what makes life worth living, and you won't want to miss it. Tomorrow on The Topical.